God's word that we meditate on this morning is our Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This is... Moses has reached the end of his journey. All the way back into Egypt, where he was there to lead God's people out, out of their slavery. Wandering through the wilderness to the promised land, only to be sent back out into the wilderness because many of the people doubted that God would give them the victory. Forty years of wandering of people's complaining and grumbling. Forty years of leading God's people, but this is the end for Moses. Deuteronomy is, is what we consider Moses' farewell sermon to the Israelites. They're about ready to enter into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. Moses won't go in. And so in this book of Deuteronomy, Moses gets to remind God's people of God's faithfulness, of his love, what he's done for them over the last 40-plus years, and remind them of all of God's commands, too, so that it may go well with them in this new land. And here in this section in Deuteronomy 5, Moses is going over again the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments that God had given to Moses up on Mount Sinai on those tablets of stone and then Moses brought down and shared with the people. Those commandments that they more than likely heard over and over and over over these last more than four decades. But one last reminder from the lips of Moses and really from God himself of these commands. And here, in this specific command that we're looking at today, what we know as the third commandment, Moses impresses upon God's people how important the Sabbath is. That seventh day of the week for those Old Testament Israelites. To rest their bodies, to do no work, and to rest their souls as they worship. The word that's used here for observe, the Sabbath, really is stronger than our English word observe. Right? Observe can just mean, oh, there it is. That's nice. Right? Like we observe many of our holidays today. But to observe really means to guard it. It's the same word that's used in Genesis where the angel was there and that flaming sword was there to guard the way to the tree of life. 
after the fall into sin and after Adam and Eve were kicked out of that Garden of Eden. To guard it. To protect it. That's what this word observe here means. And it says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And the word holy, really in, in Hebrew, means to set aside, to, to make it special, to set it apart from everything else. So this Sabbath day, this seventh day, this day of rest, was to be a day that they were to observe every week. And they were to guard it, to not let anything else take it away from them, and to set it apart for God. And that Sabbath day was there to remind them about God. Because for six days they got to work. And you know how it is when you work. You're focused on your work. You're focused on what you've got to do, and you're focused on the things of this life. And so this seventh day was this day that they are taken back to creation. And remember how God worked for six days. And on the seventh day, he had Sabbath. He rested. So every Sabbath day, these Old Testament believers are reminded of not just all the blessings of creation that they got to enjoy all week long, but they're reminded of their Creator, from whom all these blessings come. And even more than that, they were to worship this God, to find spiritual rest for their souls. This was a day, it says in Leviticus, is a day of sacred assembly. They gathered together to hear the word of God and praise God and worship God for all that he did for them and does for them and promised to them. And he's serious about it. Even the animals weren't supposed to work on this day. All of them, every one of them, even the animals were supposed to rest. To rest their bodies. More importantly, rest their souls. It's a great history lesson, right? What this Old Testament Sabbath was for God's people. What this third commandment meant for them. So, so what? What does it mean for us? Because we just heard in our epistle lesson that you can't let anybody judge you by keeping a Sabbath day. That, that was a shadow of the things to come. The reality is found in Christ. Right? We, we don't set aside a full day to rest our bodies anymore. That's not commanded by Scripture anymore for us in the New Testament. We're not commanded to worship on Saturdays, the seventh day of the week. That was yesterday. None of you were here yesterday. So what? What does this third commandment mean for us today? Why is it still here in our Bible? Why is it in our catechism? Well, Luther's explanation of that commandment helps us understand what this commandment means for us as New Testament Christians. That it's not about setting aside a full day to rest our bodies. It's not about worshiping on that seventh day. Instead, when Luther helps us understand in all of Scripture what this commandment's about, he says we should fear and love God that we do not despise preaching in his word, but regard it as holy and gladly hear it and learn it. You see, the Sabbath day is still important for us today. This rest that God wants us to have is still something he commands us to take. It's rest for our souls. To rest in his word. 
God commands you and me to take Sabbath rest spiritually because he knows that we need it. So why should you? You know, there's a lot of things in this life that we know are good for us that we still don't do anyways, right? Uh, we, we know that it's good if we eat a little healthier, a little less sweets, maybe a little less carbs, right? Uh, we know it's good for us if we exercise a little bit more, right? Get out and actually take a walk, maybe lift some weights, do something. Uh, we know it's good for us to maybe put down the electronics once in a while or a little bit more than we do, right? Because it's just not good for us. <laughs> we know all these things are good, but how often do we do them? And there's no doubt that you would agree with me if I'd ask every one of you that, yeah, Sabbath rest is good. Rest for my soul is good, but, but why should I? Well, one big reason is God commands it. It's a commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Find rest for your souls in the word of God. Gladly hear it and learn it. It's a command. To neglect God's word. To say it's really not that important. To let so many other things in this life take its place. It's a sin. It's a sin. It's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, maybe you should think about spending a little bit more time in God, in my word. That, that's not what God is saying. He is commanding us, be in my word. Find rest for your soul. Because he knows that we need it. He knows better than we do. Why should you do it? In addition to why God says, the fact that God says you should and commands you to, for the same reason he told the Israelites. This is what he says in verse 16. After he tells them to observe the Sabbath day, he says, remember that you were slaves and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God is telling his Old Testament people, why, why should you observe the Sabbath day? Why should you keep it holy? Why should you rest your bodies and, more importantly, your souls? Remember what I've done for you. Remember how I've re rescued you from slavery, from the hands of the Egyptians, and brought you out, and, and you're on the doorstep of the promised land. Remember how faithful and good I have been to you. Remember all the times that you have been unfaithful, and yet I still showed you my love and mercy. Remember, people. Why should you? Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy so that you can remember. So that you can remember how God has rescued you from something far more dangerous than any physical slavery by someone else here in this life. But a spiritual slavery. A slavery to sin and to death. To the devil. That it was God himself who enters into this world to rescue us. 
to set us free, to forgive our sins, to take away the sting of death, to overcome the power of the devil. God himself comes into flesh. Son of, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who comes to redeem you by taking his, your curse upon himself, by himself becoming a slave to sin and death on that cross and taking your punishment and your sin and your death so that you might be set free. When it, with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand, God worked salvation for you through the work of his Son. Remember, dear friends, how you have been set free. Set free and on the path to the promised land. The promised land of heaven, that, that eternal rest, right? Like we sing in that hymn, for all the saints who now from their labors rest. Friends, we are on that road to the promised land being guided by Jesus Christ himself. You are set free from sin. You are heirs of eternal life. Some of us maybe are on the doorstep of the promised land. Maybe some of us have a little ways yet to go, but, but we know what's waiting. And even now, as we wait, as we long for that promised land of heaven, God says, come and enjoy my rest. Come and be reminded of what has been done for you, the freedom you have, the blessings you enjoy, the peace and the forgiveness, the hope and the joy that you have as you live in Jesus Christ, the one who invites you to come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and he says, I will give you rest I give you rest for your souls. Dear friends, you need rest. You need rest from the worries and the troubles and the guilt and the struggles of this life, and it's only found in the Savior Jesus. Find that rest that God longs to give you. It's yours. It's free. Find it. Right here and right here. Jesus invites you to come and get that much-needed rest. But so often we don't, do we? You know, when, when people, Christians come to me with, with struggles, you know, if it's a, it's a struggle that's going on in a marriage, or, or maybe it's, it's worry about their life and, and, and the future, or maybe it's the struggle of anger uh, or, or the ability to, to forgive somebody who has hurt them. It's all different problems, but, but at the heart of it is all the same issue. In every single one of those problems, the heart of the issue is they're not finding rest for their souls. I mean, think about it. If there's a struggle in a Christian marriage, it's because... That marriage is, is not built on the Word of God. And they're not going to that Word of God for guidance and peace and forgiveness. If someone is struggling with worry about the future, 
because they're not resting in the promise that God says, I'm going to take care of every one of your needs. There's no need to worry. All things are under the control of your Heavenly Father. If someone is struggling with anger or, or the ability to forgive someone who has hurt them so badly, it's because they're not resting their soul in that forgiveness that they know God has won for them through Christ Jesus, full and free. That God is no longer angry with them. You see, friends, that we need this rest for our souls so that we can live in this rest and we can live lives of peace and forgiveness and humility and love. It, it, it baffles me. It, it really does. How, how People will replace the rest that God longs to give. The command of God to rest. It lays all the blessings in front of us of what this rest gives us and replaces it so easily with the things of this life. With work. With leisure. With sports. With so many things of this life. And then they wonder, why am I so exhausted? <laughs> Why am I so spiritually wore down? Well, it's like if you would do pull an all-nighter and then, and then ask yourself in the morning, man, why am I so tired today? Well, and what God is commanding us to do and what we know is good and right, not just because he tells us to, but because we see all the blessings, God is not even saying here, you need to spend six to eight hours a day in my word. As if giving him a quarter or a third of our day would be a big deal. <laughs> God is calling us here in his love, in his mercy, to come and as often as we can to find that spiritual rest. It's not about the amount of time you put in. It's not even like it was for the Old Testament believers to set aside 24 hours. It's about knowing what I need and longing for it. And so let me refer to it as maybe taking some power naps. You know what a power nap is, right? You take a little bit of time to rest, and right, if you do it right, it feels pretty good, doesn't it? Think of your time in God's word, maybe, maybe as a power nap. Two hours on a Sunday morning here. Worship and Bible study. An hour during the week in another Bible study. Maybe you join us on Zoom or, or come here. Or maybe you even watch just one of our recorded lessons on YouTube. And maybe another few more power naps throughout the week. Maybe 15 minutes of Bible reading in the morning or, or 20 minutes of devotion before I go to bed. Here and there, power naps. <laughs> Getting that rest that we so desperately need for our souls to continue to focus us back on Christ and His work for us and His love for us in his peace, in his forgiveness, in that hope that only he can give. Friends, God wants you to have that. God commands you to have it. 
we say with believing hearts, Lord, yes, give me that much-needed rest. Let me clarify something for you. The life of a Christian in God's kingdom, and, and that's what this whole sermon series is going to be about for the next number of weeks. Life in God's kingdom. What does it look like? Life in God's kingdom is not a life of leisure. It isn't. Life in God's kingdom is hard work. It's hard work to help raise, to raise our kids and to help our kids know Jesus and to do everything we can to help them stay in that faith throughout their life. That's hard work. It's hard work to have a marriage that's built on Christ. It's hard work when you go to your job and you actually physically work hard and you're honest and you're doing everything your boss tells you to so that through all of it you can give glory to God and show his light and love to the world. It's hard work to maybe leave your house in the evening and come to church for a Bible study when you're already tired from a long day. It's hard work to get the gospel out as individuals and as a church to a world that seems to not care anything about the message we have to share. Friends, life in the kingdom of God is hard work. And that's why we need this rest. This rest that God offers us. Fully and freely. This invitation to come and enjoy his rest and his peace so that we can go out and do the hard work that God has called us to do. You see, the hardest work is already done. Your salvation has been won. You are already at peace with God. Your sins are forgiven. Heaven is yours. You don't go out into this world and work to earn God's love or God's favor. You don't go out to do it to earn heaven. It's all yours already by grace. Instead, you get to go and work hard and live for Christ and live your faith in him because of everything that is already done for you. You get to rest in the work of Christ. And then they go and to live in that rest and proclaim that rest and through all of it to give glory to God. God grant it to you. Amen.